Welcome, welcome to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have you all with us today, both in person and a quick shout out to all you joining us online this morning as well. We love having you guys with us. Man, it is a great day to be in the Lord's presence. Amen? Amen. Come on now. So hey, uh, we are in week three of our Kingdom or Bust series. How many of you guys, again, show hands, have joined us at least for one week of this series and is loving it so far? Yes, God is working in us and challenging us. And uh, this whole series, we've just dedicated the whole month of February to really uh, help unpack what the kingdom of God really is. And the second more important thing is, what does that mean for you and I, right? When we say the kingdom of God and being kingdom or bust-minded, what does that mean for you and I? And so we're walking through this week by week, and the key scripture for our series is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I want to read that real quickly. Jesus is speaking. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, right? Jesus is talking, say, hey, seek my father's kingdom first. Make it a big deal, right? Jesus is telling us, hey, the kingdom of God is a real important priority. He's saying, hey, Jesus is essentially telling us and challenging us through this key verse to have a kingdom or bust mentality about our lives, right? And uh, in case you missed any of the weeks in this series, just a quick recap of where we've been, what we've talked about. Week one was kingdom attitude. We saw how scripture, through scripture, we looked at how uh, it exhorts you and I as believers to have the same mind as Christ, therefore to have the same attitude as Jesus. And as we looked at Jesus' lifestyle and his life, we see that he emulated kingdom or bust to a T, right? And we've been talking all month at how Jesus is the king of the kingdom, right? So when you and I seek Jesus, we're actually seeking the kingdom of God, Last week, Pastor Erica brought the heat, did she not? Come on now. In a message titled, Kingdom Redefined, she took us deeper and said, yo, what is the kingdom of God? What a great study. She looked at the 10 different parables or stories or analogies that Jesus used in the New Testament to tell us what the kingdom was all about, right? And she walked us through there, and we learned three important lessons last week about the kingdom that I believe are important to just recap here. The first one was the kingdom of God is a small thing that has a big impact. It's like a small thing that has a really, really big impact. Number two, the kingdom of God is a priceless thing that calls for no-brainer, full commitment. And then she challenged us at the end. I thought this was, I'm still chewing on this. The kingdom of God is like a group of people who've been invited and are held accountable for what they do. Hello. How many of you guys are still chewing on that right now? Yeah, what a powerful word to move our hearts closer to the kingdom of God. But man, I pray that in this series, God is stirring your hearts. He's stirring your spirits. He's challenging you. He's calling you to a deeper commitment, a deeper place with God, right? This whole, hey, if we're gonna, if we're gonna live our life in any way, might as well live it sold out for the kingdom, right? Like if we're gonna build anything in our life, why not God's kingdom, not our own kingdom, amen? Right, God's agenda first, not our agenda, that we would really be sold out for this. And I think if you're catching it, you're starting to see that living a kingdom or bust lifestyle isn't always the easiest thing. Can I get an amen? Right? It, we get all excited. We're like, yeah, kingdom or bust. But like, it, it takes sacrifice. It takes commitment. It takes surrendering. It takes re-surrendering constantly throughout our days to really get this thing in its right perspective and in the right focus. And so today, that's what I want to lean into. I want to lean into the sacrifice 
of the kingdom of God. I got a message on my heart just titled simply, Kingdom Sacrifice. So if you're taking notes today, real simple, we're going to talk about what kingdom sacrifice is, what it looks like for you and I, how we can align our hearts and our lives to what God wants to do in and through us. Let's open up with a word of prayer, and then we will dive right in. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we just thank you for today. We thank you for your presence with us. Lord, we thank you for the word of God that's living and active. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you call us to pursue and seek first your kingdom. And we want to do that in every arena of our life, in every manner that we can. And so, Father, as you minister to us and teach us today about the sacrifice that goes with the kingdom, the, the, the surrendering that comes with putting your kingdom above our own kingdom, your, your plans above our plans, Father God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would do a customized work in our midst today. We believe you and we trust you in faith. We receive it in faith and we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I think it's really, really important for us to realize that, hey, if we're gonna have this kingdom or bust lifestyle, then we're going to have to embrace sacrifice, Right? And, and like I talked about just a minute ago, it's fun to throw around the term kingdom or bust, right? We're like, yeah, man, kingdom or bust, let's go. And then you hear the word sacrifice, and it's like, like the record skips. You're like, oh, shoot. Then it gets a little tougher, right? You're like, can we just go back to that kingdom or bust stuff? But if we want to be kingdom-minded people, if we want to be sold out for the kingdom, if we want to seek first the kingdom of God, if we literally want God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in our lives as it is in heaven, then we have to embrace the element of kingdom sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. We got to embrace this sacrifice, right? We're going to have to make some sacrifices in our lives to align our lives with that kingdom priority. And it's not always the easiest thing, but as you're going to see today, as we go through God's word together, as we take this journey together, I believe you'll see it's the highest and the best way that we could ever live our lives. But before we get too deep into today's message, I feel like it's important for us to just define the term sacrifice, all right? What are we, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like lambs getting slaughtered and blood? Like, because that was a big part of God's kingdom in the Old Testament and all of that. No, we're not talking about that for the natural sense of of the term sacrifice. If you were to look it up in the dictionary, sacrifice is an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or more worthy, right? It's, it's the act of giving up something of great value to attain something else that's regarded even more important or more worthy, right? And we do this every single day. We're creatures of sacrifice, right? Some of you, some of us, we'll stay up all night We'll, we'll lose sleep to watch our favorite movie, our favorite show, our favorite sports game, right? Parents, you get this. Like, when you become a parent, your job description equals sacrifice daily, right? Like, you give up sleep, you give up food, you give up sanity, right? You give up finances to help these children come into who God has created them to be, right? Uh, if you're an entrepreneur or you're a business owner, right, you understand that a lot of entrepreneurs will put their whole livelihood on the line. They'll sacrifice all. They'll go all in to start up a new business venture or whatever, right? There's no guarantee that it would work. We even do this in our health, right? We'll give up or sacrifice certain foods or certain actions to be healthier individuals, right? Sacrifice is a part of our life in every arena of our life. That's in the natural. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, and what I'm talking about with kingdom sacrifice, this is what I'm talking about. Sacrifice in that manner means giving the Lord whatever he requires of our time, our talent, or our treasure 
to further his work. It's giving the Lord what he requires of the time, talent, and treasure, right? Basically giving up whatever it takes to further and build the kingdom of God, right? And so sacrifice and the kingdom, they go hand in hand. I've often been taught that you have to give up to go up. I think we all want to go up in the kingdom and our influence and our ability to be used by God in a great way. Well, there's going to be an element of sacrifice or giving something up to get up to that higher level, to go to that deeper place with God, right? And there'll be some things, whether we like it or not, that we'll be challenged to give up or sacrifice if we want to be about God's kingdom. And so as Christ followers, sacrifice is a part of the process. It's something that we're called to do daily, right? I love what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse one. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, that's you and I, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Each and every day that you and I are alive, that we breathe breath here on this earth, we're called to give our whole lives, every part of our being to the Lord as a living sacrifice. Lord, use me. Lord, speak to me, direct me, guide me, help me be about your business, my father's business, the kingdom's business, amen? And so we're called to do this. And so following Jesus, seeking first the kingdom of God, having this kingdom or bus mentality obviously requires sacrifice. And and one of the greatest examples I see of this in scripture is right when Jesus begins to call his ministry team, so to speak, his, his first disciples, right? This happens in scripture right in Matthew chapter four. We've been looking at this actually before this, the last few weeks, Jesus preaches his first sermon in Matthew four seventeen. I don't have it for the screens, but he basically says, repent for the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? You guys remember that? Like Jesus' first message is like, yo, the kingdom's a big deal. I'm the king of the kingdom. I'm here, like, hello, follow me, right? Immediately after that, Jesus approaches two brothers by the name of Peter and Andrew. And he's walking by the Sea of Galilee and he sees these two brothers. They're they're fishermen by trade and they're casting their nets in the sea. And we see a powerful two verses that I believe can wreck us in a really good way to help us us be more kingdom-minded and embrace this kingdom sacrifice that I think we all are presented with. Let's go to Matthew chapter four, verses 19 and 20. It says, and then he said to them, so Jesus said to these brothers, Peter and Andrew, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Two powerful, simple, yet (laughs) will change your whole perspective on this kingdom thing type verses. Jesus comes to these guys with the kingdom opportunity of the century, right? Right? He says, yo, follow me and I'll basically teach you how to bring the kingdom of God and heaven to other men and women, right? I'm gonna put you on mission with me, right? Basically drop your nets and follow me. This is a huge challenge, right? Huge calling, which we can get excited about, but huge sacrifice when we begin to put ourselves in these guys' shoes and think about what this meant to their lives, right? Jesus says, I'm gonna make you fishers of men, but it will cost you. There will be an element of sacrifice in your life, right? He's like, you're gonna need to go ahead and drop those fishing nets. What that meant to these guys, that was their livelihood. That was all they knew to do. And he said, drop those and follow me. They're like, well, what's the pay scale for following you? Like, like, do we get paid twice a month, once a month, quarterly? Like, they didn't have that conversation, right? He had to drop that, right? 
They probably love fishing. Jesus, modern day terms, you're going to have to give up that Bass Masters tournament that you love, all right? Because you're so good at catching fish, right? You have to put that aside. On top of that, like the people that they love, you're going to have to leave your home, your family. We know from scripture that at one point, Peter was married because Jesus healed his mother-in-law, right? And he had to leave, like he was going to have to be away from his wife. Now, some people, scholars think it got so tough and he was so committed that the wife went peace after that because like this dude started following around a Jewish rabbi and she's like, I ain't having it because she wasn't sold out for the kingdom. We don't know for sure. We'll know later. But he was married and had a, had a relationship and he had to sacrifice some of that to go to a deeper place with Jesus and the kingdom. And so kingdom sacrifice was on the line and, and this was a big deal and I think the thing that messes with me in such a good way more than anything is Peter and Andrew's response. Like, like I get it, a big calling, big sacrifice, but like it said, what did, it, what did the scripture say? It said immediately they left their nets or dropped their nets and followed him. Like how many of us, this just challenges me to the core, would immediately do that when the kingdom walks on the scene, the king of the kingdom, and says, Drop what you're doing, drop your comfort zone, drop everything you've got, and begin to follow me. How many of us would do that immediately? Yikes, I don't know if I could raise my hand to that. I want to get to that place. Like, wait, but let me go check back with my wife. Let me, let me, let me make sure I got my fares in order. Let me, let me do all that. And he's like, do it right now. The kingdom opportunity is right now, right? And, and they go after it, man. And they begin to follow Jesus and set out a new path with a kingdom focus. And so for the remainder of our time today, there's so much I could talk about this, but I want to use this passage as like really a springboard for us to learn a few lessons about the, the kingdom sacrifice that I believe God presents all of us as believers, all right? So if you're taking notes, I got three things for you. The first one is this. Living for the kingdom sometimes calls you to go in a different direction than you had planned. <laughs> True, living for the kingdom of God often can take your life in a different direction than you had originally planned. I'm pretty assured that it's safe to assume that Peter and Andrew didn't plan on dropping their nets and quitting their day job that day when they went to the Sea of Galilee. I'm sure it was like a normal other day of them going to do what they were trained and what they'd been discipled to do, Right? I don't think it crossed their minds to leave their jobs, leave everything, leave home, leave their comfort, right, and follow a Jewish rabbi. It wasn't part of their plans. Hello, their plans. Insert Jesus. Insert the king of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven walking along the Sea of Galilee and calling out to them with a kingdom call and challenge. He, what did Jesus do? He called them in a different direction. And here, here's a side note. It wasn't that the, what they were doing was even wrong or that it was not godly. He just called them up to a higher level. He called the potential out of them. He gave them a kingdom building opportunity for their life to change the trajectory and, and the exponential curve of their life for the kingdom in a drastic way, right? He said, yo, I want to present you with a different perspective. I want to present you with a different priority, I want to present you with a different kingdom focus for your life. You're awesome at catching fish. I want to use that talent that I've given you and blessed you with and repurpose it, resurrender it in a different direction for my kingdom and for my glory to take many more and take them to the kingdom of heaven. That's powerful stuff, right? And so he challenges them with a different direction for their life. He challenges them with their time. No longer would they spend their time fishing for scaly fish. 
They'd fish for actual people, for souls, right? No longer their, their talent. No longer would their priority be catching fish. It would be catching people, introducing people to the kingdom of God, right? And their treasure. No longer would, would, their, no longer would their fishing paycheck be their source. But the king of the kingdom would by faith, provide for them, and they would walk their way through this life fully fulfilled, even though it didn't make 100% of sense and it wasn't fully planned out. Different direction and kingdom sacrifice, right? We see this with these disciples. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm constantly reminded throughout my life in very, various different ways that God's thoughts, that God's ways, that God's plans are often higher and better than my own. Amen. We see that through the prophet Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. God's speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, right? Have you ever experienced this in your own life? Like you thought it, you had it all planned out? You had all your ducks in a row. You had it all figured out of what it was going to look like and when you're going to do this and when you're going to do that and then you're going to do this and do that. Has God ever stepped in? Did you ever have the king of the kingdom step in and be like, I love you. That's a great plan. Very honorable, but I have a different direction for you. I want to take you to a different place. I want to show you a different priority or focus for your life. I've had that happen so many times, right? where you, you think God's ultimate plan looks a little bit different than how you plan. Like, those of you guys that know my story, that is like the story of my life. Like, I thought I would play basketball as far and long as I could and then open up my own business and have the American dream, white picket fence, to have three kids, cut one in half because the average is two and a half. And I'm sorry, just kidding. That's a really bad joke. But, you know, I'm saying I got to keep the averages good, right? And just have this nice, nice, comfortable life. When I got saved in college and I met Jesus and the king of the kingdom entered my life, it completely changed the trajectory of my life. It changed the direction of my life. It changed my focus and my priority. Not that those things that I desire were bad. There's nothing wrong with that. But he, he comes in. I think God in this season as a corporate body, as a body of believers, he's stepping in. We are in our sea of Galilee doing our normal thing, loving Jesus, serving him. And I think he's coming on the shore to some of us and he's speaking to our spirits and our hearts and he's going to do this in the coming weeks and say, yo, I got a better direction. I got a better resource and focus of those resources. I got a better for your time, your talent, your treasure. I've got a better plan than even what you thought you had for those. And he's calling out to us and he's saying, are you going to respond? Are we going to respond? Are we going to be kingdom robust or kingdom uncomfortable? Right? And he's really challenging us, right? And so living the life after the kingdom, it's a direction changer for us, right? This will affect every area of our lives, right? Living for the kingdom challenges you with the allocation of your time. How are we going to spend our time? What do we do on Sunday mornings with our time, Right? What do our morning routine and putting God first or not putting God first, what does it look like, right? Our time is challenged for the kingdom. Our talent, living for the kingdom sometimes calls you to use your skills, your knowledge, your wisdom, your degrees in a different way, right? A lot of times we use those to benefit us, to get as far ahead as we can, to provide as much for our family, all honorable things, all great God divine things. But a lot of times Jesus will say, you know what? I've gifted you in this way. I want to flip the script on that. I want you to start using that for others, to serve others, to bring the kingdom to others. I want to use those gifts in a fresh and a new way. Now, side note, 
this message today, don't, don't read in between the lines and get the context whacked out. That doesn't mean that all of you guys are putting in your two-week notice tomorrow morning, okay? Everyone gets real nervous when I start preaching about this, dropping your nets to follow Jesus. It's like, uh, sometimes, I will say, sometimes this message is a career path change and it needs to happen. Because the, the job is sucking the life out of you. You're not using your gifts and talents. And, and God's like over here like, ah, oh, man, just trust me. I know it's a faith jump, but I want to use you in this way over here sometimes. But most of the times I've found that God just wants to repurpose the gifts and talents and the wisdom and the degrees that he's already given you to just further his kingdom in a more powerful way. Amen? So this may not be, I get, finally, I get to quit that job. Pastor said so. No, no, no. You got it. You're right there. God is planning you there for a purpose. You just need new vision, amen? You need a new, new perspective. And sometimes Jesus just calls out to you, say, hey, come follow me, and it's a new perspective. How does it look like to follow Jesus on that job? How, how do you interact with your boss because you're now following Jesus and you're about the kingdom? How are you interacting? What are you talking about with your coworkers, right? And so don't, 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 go, don't jump off the divan. Don't get cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, all right? All right? So he, he challenges us in our time. Our talent, and Jesus will challenge us, this, this will challenge us in our treasure, which in our way of saying that is our finances, right? Like living for the kingdom sometimes calls you to go a different direction with your finances than you'd originally planned. Can I just be real with that? Right? Like living for the kingdom, that, that changes what I do with the first 10% of every paycheck that I receive, right? That changes what I do with that bonus check. That changes what I'm going to do with my tax return. Hello, right? Like, it, it, it affects everything about it. There's a lot of great plans that I have for all that money and how that could be used. How many of you guys know? There's always a honey-do list a million miles long. There's always another project to do with the house, right? And it always costs money, right? So, like, to the end, until Jesus cracks those clouds and takes us up with him or we die and be with him, we've got a lot of things that cost a lot more money than we have that we want to do. But when Jesus steps on the scene, he kind of gets in our grill and our finances. He's like, hey, I've got a better way. Are you looking for it? Are we sensitive to it? Amen. And so the challenge, the challenge in this, because we're, we're going to have a response time in, in a few moments after this message. And I just want to build to that time and let us all just kind of get what the Holy Spirit wants us to get. Because he's so good at customizing the word of God that is being preached and, and making it personal to you. Amen. And so the challenge is what area or direction do you feel God calling you in this season? And my second question would be is, are you going that direction? The other thing is, what nets do you maybe need to be dropping right now in this season in order to go in the direction that God has for you, right? So that's, a, that's like a two, two for challenge, right? One, are you feel like you're going in the right direction? And two, what is God saying to your heart? And are there nets, are there things that you're holding on to tightly that we should be hanging on to loosely in order to really be kingdom-minded people, amen? So that's, that's the first thing we learn, right? The second thing is this, living for the kingdom will call you to sacrifice some things that you love. Not really getting shouting down this morning, right? It's not one of those, whoa, holy, yeah, I can't wait to sacrifice something that I love and care about so much. Said nobody at 9.30 a.m. in the service, amen, right? This is where it can get really tough. I know so many people who love Jesus, who love following Jesus. They love doing, they love following Jesus so much when it's comfortable, when it's convenient, when he's pouring out blessings from heaven, when it doesn't ruffle their feathers, right? When it's easy and the, the way to follow Jesus is easy, but when challenged to sacrifice or give up something that's dear to their hearts or that they love or that messes with their plans, that's where that kingdom or bust challenge comes into effect. 
And that's where the road gets a little more tough, right? As they would say back in the day, that's a little tough sledding, son. Anybody been sledding this winter? Yeah? There's some easy sledding hills, and there's some, those, some hills where you have to pray, and you might meet Jesus at the end of that hill, right? Like, <laughs> tougher sledding, right? Literally, I got some parents shaking their head, like, yeah, I just strapped that kid on there and say, have a great day, son. It's like, we hope it all, we hope it all turns out, right? It's like, that's why, I think that's why snow pants and winter coats are so padded and so puffy, that it's just built in comfort for the, the tree that's coming at the end of that hill or whatever, right? So um, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but hey, it's tough sledding sometimes. The truth of the matter is, this challenges me to the core, our willingness to sacrifice for the kingdom is the indication of our level of devotion to God. Our willingness to be like, God, whatever you say, is an indicator of our true devotion to God, right? I like to say it this way. Saying yes to God's kingdom often means saying no to something else. Right? When we say yes to what God's kingdom wants and what God is presenting to us, it means that we're probably going to have to say no to something else or some things else, right? We go back to our Peter and Andrew example, right? When they dropped their nets and they followed Jesus, they were saying yes to the kingdom of God and prevailing and advancing the kingdom of God in their life. But in the same moment of their yes also came sacrifice with it because that meant they had to say no to a lot of other things, right? They probably grew up fishing and loved it. They had to say no to that. Their comfortable, calculated life, they had to say no to that, right? Spending a lot more time home with family, they had to say no to that if they wanted to build the kingdom with the Messiah who was walking on the planet Earth at that time. His name is Jesus. He is the king of the kingdom, and he called them to a deeper level. And so, guys, we see this. Sacrifice is a part of greater kingdom focus, I want to look at another passage of scripture real quick. We see another example of this in scripture with the example of the rich young ruler. We see him in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 23. I want to read this real quickly for you, give you the context of this. It says, now a certain ruler asked him, Jesus, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, um, and, he said the, and, and he said, all these things I've kept from my youth. Verse 22, so when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard this, the rich young ruler who heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. All right, now disclaimer, because people get really nervous when we go to this scripture. This is not a sell everything you have scripture. All right? And this isn't a, you're bad if you're rich and blessed, because we know what we believe on that too. God blesses us to be a blessing, all right? We got to understand the context here, what was going on. This rich young ruler was rich. He had a lot of money. He loved his money, and he loved his treasure here on earth. So the king of the kingdom that calls us to sacrifice comes to this guy who has not committed adultery, has not stolen, feels like he's a goody-goody, I got it, I'm good. Jesus presents him with a deeper sacrifice than he's ever experienced. It says, why don't you get rid of what you're holding on to so tightly and serve me in the kingdom? And what is the response? He got sorrowful and said, why? Because it was too hard of a sacrifice for him to do in that season of his life. God said, I want you to trade up your treasure on earth for treasure on heaven, where rust and moth and thieves don't steal in, and right, whatever we build here on earth, uh, 
a lot of times that's temporal and we don't get to take that to heaven with us. But whatever we build eternally in the kingdom, that we get to take with us, right? Jesus challenged him, and I think he challenged you and I with this too. Our challenge here in this part is, hey, is there something that you love that you're not willing to give up to follow Jesus greater? That's a really hard question to actually ask yourself. But if we're really kingdom robust people, we're gonna be a kingdom robust church, we have to have open hands with everything because everything we have in our life, every blessing, every house, every car, every job opportunity comes from the Father above. Every good and perfect gift that is ever in our life comes from him. And so if he asks us to give something up, he is so good in his nature. He is so good in his character. If you read the whole book and you know your father God, if he's causing you to give something up that you love, it's because there's something else better coming on the other end of that. And it's a growth opportunity for you and I, amen? But it's a control thing. We like to have control. We like to know how it's all gonna work, right? The second thing in this area is, hey, is there something that we need to say no to in order to say yes to God's kingdom, right? Could be a sin or a bad habit. Could be just, you know, a, a perspective or mentality of how we approach the things of God or the kingdom of God. It could be all those things. But the third thing that I wanna hit before we spend some response time is this, number three. The third lesson about kingdom sacrifice is this, that kingdom sacrifice brings kingdom reward. Somebody give me an amen on that. This is where it gets fun because the greater the sacrifice, the greater the reward. The greater we can sacrifice for the kingdom of God, the greater kingdom impact that you and I can make. Let's go back to our original example, right? Peter didn't really know the implications of his kingdom impact when he decided to drop his fishing net that day, three and a half years before Jesus was going to get crucified, right? He didn't know what that would turn into and the journey of faith ahead of him, and more importantly, what God said that he would do. Fast forward three and a half years from that moment, all the sacrifice, all the missing of home, all the conveniences and comforts that, God, that, that Peter said, you know what, I'm going to be rid of. Look what God can do in and through somebody because we get to Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19, a very popular passage of scripture that we preach a lot. And I think it's really, really uh, relevant to our season as a church body right now. Jesus is speaking in Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. He says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. Somebody say, boom. <laughs> now, this doesn't mean that the church is actually built on the back of Peter, right? He, it's, a, it's a rock. It's a revelation of who Christ is. But Peter was willing to do the sacrifice three and a half years earlier to drop his nets to say, whatever you got, master, whatever you're calling me, Jesus, whatever you got, God, and he did that. And three and a half years later, in this prophetic moment where Jesus is setting up everything, he's about to peace out and go sit at the right hand of the Father. Before he does it, he says, Peter, you are a rock. And upon this rock, upon the sacrifice, upon you going first, I'm going to build my church. And nothing in hell can stop it. And he says, by the way, you like the keys, right? Keys to the kingdom. When you're young and you just wanted to get away and drive and your dad said, hey, take the keys. <laughs> Don't bring it back with a scratch, otherwise, right? It's like, there's some stipulations on those keys, right? Jesus said, hey, whatever you bind, whatever you loose, 
it shall be done in Jesus' name. That's a kingdom impact. That's a, that's a kingdom reward, right? It took a huge kingdom sacrifice, but man, look at the kingdom reward that came, right? Kingdom sacrifice brings kingdom rewards. A lot of times when we talk about sacrificing for the kingdom, I don't know why we do it. We, we, we explain it. We talk about it like we're Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, brother, guess I'm going to have to sacrifice for the Lord today. But it's the right thing to do, so take it, Lord. Like, we're like, we're dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, like sacrificing for the kingdom is not a downer. It's never meant to be a downer, right? Pastor Erica talked about the parable of the hidden treasure, one of the 10 that we looked at last uh, week, Matthew 13, 14. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy, so I'm gonna say joy, for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Notice one of the byproducts of kingdom sacrifice is joy. Now, oh, I guess I'll do it. If you really, really preach it hard, give me three more weeks to preach it hard, then I'll do it. If everyone else is doing it, I guess I'll do it. Like, oh, but it's so hard. Gosh, it's like I have nothing in my life. I don't have shoes or clothes. You're, got everything you need, right? It's like, it's not that difficult when we really see the joy and the, the eternal benefit, the kingdom reward that comes with it, right? You guys have probably heard this one before, Matthew 19, 29, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake, for Jesus' sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Come on, somebody. There's a good return on your investment. A hundredfold return. And eternal life, that's the, that's the thing we need the most. Eternity in heaven, face to face with our creator and our maker. Kingdom sacrifice brings kingdom rewards. And then in Timothy, last one here. First Timothy chapter six, verses 17 and 19. Paul's encouraging a young minister and I love what he, he challenges on. Kingdom or bust in his, basically his resources and his treasure. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Verse 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly Life. If we want to live life like Jesus intended for us, the truly eternal life that lives within us, we're going to have to sacrifice some of our finances for the kingdom. There's no other like way for me to explain that, right? That's not Pastor Eric saying that. That's, that's the word of God. And what we do is we lay up treasures in heaven. We bring kingdom rewards with us, right? I've been so challenged and there's nothing wrong. I've been so challenged. No matter how much my 401k has in it at the end of the age, I don't get to take any of that with me. Not a cent to heaven. But what I do with some of my investments here on earth for the kingdom can take souls with me to the kingdom for eternity. Like, I don't know about you, that like, oh, shoot. That affects how I do things. And so, man, I'm just, I'm just challenged. Like, Eric and I... <laughs> We're leading out first on this thing. We're, we're about to start a, a faith journey here in a few weeks that we've never embarked on before. But
but we know that God's in it. We know that God's calling us. He's already come to our Sea of Galilee. He's already seen us and what we've been doing. We've been doing great with our nets. Church, we've been doing a great job with the nets. But he's about to say, there's something better, there's something higher, there's something greater, and we all get to be a part of it, amen? We all get to, for great joy, he bought the field, amen? And so kingdom sacrifice, kingdom reward. It's gonna take us saying yes to the kingdom and no to some stuff. It's gonna, maybe some stuff dear to our heart that we love so much, we're gonna have to ask God to maybe loosen the grip on that a little bit. And through the Holy Spirit's help, he does that, amen? Here's what I'm convinced. I wanna say this and we'll close. God will never call us to sacrifice something that would steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. That's not his character. That's not his job description. That's the enemy's job description, right? Jesus came that we would have life and have it to the full till it overflows more abundantly. If our father asks us to sacrifice, there is a kingdom reward on the other end of that sacrifice. And because of times, like, I don't even have time to go into how Eric and I have seen this play out in our own lives as we've sacrificed and pledged and done things that we didn't even know where it was coming from, but we had faith. We just said, we just heard, follow me, drop your nets, follow me. And how God has come through time and time again in every year, in our time, in our talent, and in our treasure. Are we willing to sacrifice for the kingdom? Because that is the heartbeat the kingdom of God. Amen. And we need his help. We need the Holy Spirit's help to do that. Amen. Let's pray and ask God to help us in a special way. Father, we love you so much. We just thank you for today. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for stirring us up and showing us that your ways are still higher than our ways. Lord, we, we can figure a lot out, but there's some things that we just don't always comprehend. But Father, you see all. You know all. You know where we're at. You know where you want us to be. You know the trajectory of our lives, Lord. You call us to change direction sometimes. Living for the kingdom sometimes looks a little different than we did. Lord, help us be obedient to what that looks like. Living for the kingdom sometimes, Lord, cause us to give up something we love. Help us hold freely and loosely to the things in this world, to the things in our life. They don't compare to the surpassing greatness of knowing you and building your kingdom, Father. And help us remember that, man, this isn't a, I guess I have to do this. It's a, I get to. Lord, that we'd have an I get to spirit about it, a, a faith-filled, joy-filled expectancy of the kingdom reward on the other side of that kingdom sacrifice, Lord. And I pray in these next few moments you would lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit, on what that looks like for each and every one of us, Lord. We love you so much. We thank you. You never call us to do something that you wouldn't back with all of heaven to enable us to do. And so you're a good father and we trust you and we receive this by faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. If you guys just keep your heads bowed, I close just for a moment. I like to do this, let's do this here. If you're here today or tuning in online today, you don't know Jesus personally. You've never met him. You don't know if you believe or if you're going to heaven, if you're not going to heaven, wherever that is, wherever you stand, you just don't have assurance of that. You can know today before you leave this space or log off today that you would have spent eternity in the kingdom of heaven with the king of the kingdom, Jesus. And he wants to be with you while you walk this earth. And all you have to do is believe in him, confess in him, acknowledge he was who he said he was, that he did die on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Repent and turn of your sin. Receive the king of the kingdom and you get keys and access to that kingdom for eternity. Amen.
It's the best decision you could ever make. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around and online, would you guys just reverence this moment as well? If you're here or tuning in or listening or watching this later, and you don't know Jesus and you want to receive Jesus, would you just slip up your hand so I know who I can pray with or acknowledge that on that stream or that chat or just in your hearts? Would you just repeat this prayer with all of us as we pray this? Would you guys say this? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my life. Change me and help me live a life focused on your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.